Welcome to the Hire Yourself Podcast. My name is Pete Gilfell, and I'm here with my business partner, Nat Truett. We're all about helping people become better business people or just become business people. Good morning, Nat. Good morning, Pete. Oh, man, am I pumped up today. You are. Are, yep. are you, uh, did you like go outside and get a, a cold polar plunge or what happened? Well, you know, I, speaking of that, I'm excited. I'm pumped up because next week I'm going to Florida on vacation. Ooh. Nicely, yep. nicely and done. I, I can't, I can't take this cold anymore. It's just been, it's just been a terrible, uh, terrible month in terms of being cold. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, did, did you grow up where your parents or older people always said, you know, as you get older, you just can't tolerate the cold anymore? I don't, I don't remember that, but I, I feel like for myself, even I can't tolerate the cold. Like February, March becomes, it starts to become really long, right? Right in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, but it just is. I, I grew up in Minnesota, so I'm used to cold weather, that kind of stuff. I've lived in great parts of the country, but but as I get older, it just it just seems like it, I'm I'm colder all the time. It's just I I I don't like the cold as much, right? So totally. so it's interesting. So I went and looked, and believe it or not, as we get older, there's different reasons why we feel colder or we can't tolerate this this cold weather. Right. So one of them is that we have in our body thermoregulation. So as we get older, <laughs> our thermoregulation starts to decline. So so bottom line is, is that you're, you're just colder. Right. So the second thing is why you feel colder as you get older is that our arteries, um, our blood vessels get thinner. And so they're a little less uh, flexible from that standpoint. And so that is the second reason. And the third reason is that, well, and this is not in my case, so I can't use this one. As we get older, we get a little bit thinner. Uh, from that standpoint, <laughs> we get rid of some of that fat and fat keeps you warmer, right? So I've done a nice job of, of building up that fat, uh, but I don't think it's overcoming my uh, thermoregulation decline. So uh, that is why we feel colder when we, uh, we get older. That's interesting. I'm really curious to see how you're going to segue this into franchising because usually there's a point to your story. I know well, you could, I'm wearing a hat today, so that's my solution to trying to like well, keep a little warm. good. So today, what I thought we'd do is we'd spend some time kind of talking about um, different reasons why you should invest in a franchise, right? Or kind of top reasons to own a own a franchise business. And and because this is so important as as we get older and we start thinking about, okay, what are we going to do? I think a lot of this stuff is relevant, especially for 40, 50, 60 year old executives that are just they're ready for the next thing. And 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 so maybe looking at a franchise, investing in a franchise business is the right thing to do. So, well, it's kind of like kind of like what you're saying about like, hey, I'm going to head to Florida next week. And it's like, you know, you own your own business. You know, you can make your own schedule. Right. Right. So it's kind of you have that flexible schedule. And in many cases, you get to pick where you want to live. Like when I was with Ford, you know, we would move every 20 months and they would say, by the way, your new job is in Atlanta or your new job is in California and you don't have any choice. So so being a business owner, you get to decide where you're going to live. Maybe yeah. like that back great background that you're you you have there. I think that's uh California, right? Yeah, Laguna Huntington Beach. Beach. Yeah, uh, Laguna Laguna Beach. Beach. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, right. So so one is that you can just you can have that uh lifestyle that you want wherever you want to live. That's that's pretty cool yeah. uh, from a standpoint. I was thinking a little bit and I was having a conversation with my kids the other day, and I was telling them about being a young executive and how I had a boss, and I was telling them stories about what the bosses would make me do. 
And they're like, <laughs> a boss can't make you do that. And I said, well, when you are a young executive, you, you, you can't just say, I'm not going to do that. Right. Um, right. I'm not talking about anything illegal, but, but just it's <laughs> stuff that doesn't make sense. Thanks, right. Thanks for clarifying that Pete. <laughs> well, no, I, I was using the example. So my wife and I went to Hawaii on vacation, right. When we were, uh, our, our kids were young. Yeah. And it's one of the first vacations that we had just been able to get away without our kids. So we're on vacation. My wife goes in and takes uh, takes a shower and I pick up the phone and I make a phone call. My wife comes out of the uh, out of the bathroom and she says, what what are you doing? And I said, well, I, I was on the phone with my boss. And she goes, what are you doing? You're on vacation. You, you, you shouldn't, you know, have to call your boss. And I said, well, no, my boss said I was supposed to call and check in every day on vacation. <laughs> and she goes, let me, let's, be, let's be clear. This will be the last time that you will call uh, and check in on vacation. And yep. I didn't do that afterwards. But that's an example of when you're a business owner, you can be your own boss. You can make the decisions. And, and, and it's, it's so um, empowering not to have to uh, have a boss and make the decisions and then go execute. Yeah, and I feel like um, these days with technology and, you know, franchise is all about like systems and processes and, and all that. So, you, know, you can have your your KPIs, you can, you know, I can run my whole senior care business right off my cell phone, probably be gone for a month and nobody would even know I'm not there. Um, so, <laughs> right. you know, I think the just leveraging all the technology and the, the systems and all that makes it much more, much more uh, manageable when, once you have it built. I mean, you always are kind of, pushing that snowball up the hill. But once you get it built, you can manage it, you know, have a lot of freedom and flexibility. Well, and talk, let's talk about that technology. So one of the advantages to investing in a franchise is they put a lot of money in the infrastructure technology. Yep. And I think a little bit about the pandemic where some of these franchises had to pivot to help their franchise owners get through this black swan, this COVID event, right? So whether it was exponential using their studio, production studio, where they're doing filming of uh, workouts, right? So that could, people could do workouts online opposed to at a studio or even something like a, a blind company, a window treatment company where they used apps to do, um, do uh, in, uh, for lack of better terms, estimates, right? So yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, there's some real advantages to, to technology. And I think there's a power of uh, compounding when you're able to take that money and invest it to build out the whole infrastructure in terms of technology. Yeah, when you're talking about a unit level franchise owner, just think, you know, if you can save one or two headcounts, you, you know, you could actually, you know, that you could easily save, you know, depending on how much the payroll is for those people. But I mean, usually it's like probably 40 to 60 to 75,000. So you could potentially be putting an extra 100 to 150,000 in your pocket or be able to reinvest it into the business versus having to pay that all in payroll. Yeah. You know, I always, I always would prefer to pay a little bit more on software and technology because it never calls in sick. You know, you don't have workman's comp, you don't have unemployment yeah. and all that. So that's, I love that about franchising. Yeah. I just, I think so much as, as you invest in technology, it's really expensive. Uh, you yeah. know, and so you if, don't want to figure that out on your own. That's for yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. It's just, and it's, it's a kind of a deep hole to go into, you know, one of the other things I think about franchises is that it's about a system, right? Somebody has mm -hmm. spent the money, the time, the energy to figure out a business model so that you don't have to do that. Right. So you don't have to spend the time and money because if you go and you're starting a business from, you know, you come up with an idea, 
bottom line is you've got to spend a lot of money to seed that idea and make it into a business. And why not have a franchisor do that? Yeah. I always kind of tell people, you know, with a franchise, you're paying for a proven product or service, and you're also paying for a proven sales and marketing strategy. And then really it comes down to implementation, right? It's like, are you willing to, to implement the, the proven plan? That's yeah. where the rubber meets the road. Well, and <laughs> you've started businesses from scratch. So you know firsthand you've done you started something scratch from an idea to investing in a franchise. And you clearly mm-hmm. saw the difference, right? In terms of the the ability to get going a little bit faster. Uh, yeah. from standpoint franchise, not making as many mistakes like a service franchise you could be up and running in probably 60 to 90 days if you're starting from scratch it's probably going to take more like 12 to 18 months i mean there's a million things you have to think about like everything from the logo to the um, font that you're using to the website to the you know technology like you have to figure out all, it's like uh, eating an elephant when you start your own business from scratch it's a yeah. lot of bites Well, and you know, as we talk about them figuring out, then they put together the systems, right? So they basically say, do this, 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 you know, it's like putting together an IKEA piece of furniture, right? Step one, step two, step three. And I think there's some real benefit to that um, from a standpoint of execution. That's actually interesting. I just uh, was thinking about that Ikea or Legos. Like we should uh, ask our people when we're talking to them, hey, are you, do you like enjoy Legos? Like you like to put things that, together. You like to, are you the kind of guy that sorts of the bricks into the colors and then you put it all together? Or <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if that would be a good franchise test. I don't know, right? Because I, I mean, I, I, uh, I have to admit, sometimes I get, I skip steps or don't completely read the whole step, and yeah, uh, sometimes that's not a good outcome. So I think the idea is, uh, I always kind of preach: if you're investing in a franchise, follow that system, right? You can always make the system better, but at a minimum, you follow you follow the system. You know, I think there's uh, also as we talk about a franchise. You know, the benefit of working in a corporation is that you have uh, an organization to lean on. When we look at investing in a franchise, you also have the franchisor that supports you, which is awesome, right? They help you launch the business and they help then support you on a going basis. I Sometimes I call it like success coaching. They're helping you guide you through it. Mm-hmm. You've certainly seen that. Yeah, you have like a whole network of franchise owners you can plug into. You have the parent company you can plug into. A lot of times, you you know, things you don't even think about, but you have like typically prefer, preferred uh, vendors. Um, you know, those guys are, of course, going to want to help you be successful. So there's a whole, you know, it's a rich environment. Yeah. You know, when we were at Ford, when I was at Ford, they would do uh, dealers would get in groups from all over the country and, and meet on a regular basis to discuss ideas and work through problems and all that kind of stuff. And I know you did the same thing um, when you were a franchisee. I mean, I think that's the real power of that whole network of other franchisees is when you're struggling with something or you need ideas. You can, you can lean on them. Yeah. It's you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself concept, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that in, in today's world where we uh, have lots of speed bumps, that's not all bad. You know, one of the things I also think about is brand recognition, right? Yeah. Um, because it takes a while. You've started businesses from scratch. I mean, you, you're really kind of starting from ground zero. If you invest in a franchise, you can kind of buy into that brand recognition. And I do think that's a big part of what you get with a franchise, you know, whether you're, you know, the, uh, when you think about like Meineke as an example, right. They have with the college bowl games, they like sponsor those, you know, you see like, or the NASCAR's got like the Jimmy John's logo on there and everything. So 
the, uh, you know, over time, you're kind of building that brand together, both the parent company and the local units. And it's just like that rising tide raises all ships, right? So if you can kind of like um, hook your hitch to a, a good brand, you know, it's like, it'll be, it'll, yeah. you know, take you know, a lot up. of times when people invest in franchises, you're investing early in the growth pattern right? Yep. The early in the development of the brand, but you look for to like, if you were one of the first people that invested in Jimmy John's, right. Or orange theory, right. So yeah. you, you don't Chick-fil-A. have immediate, but it, but it, <laughs> but it advances quickly uh, from a standpoint right. opposed to if you were trying to do it on your own uh, strength in terms of numbers. What about, you know, as we look at a franchise, there are also benefits in terms of, uh, you know, we'll say purchasing power. Yeah. So if, if, for example, I'm a paint franchise, I can leverage the, the, the paint franchise to get a discount on paint. Um, or if I'm a, you know, a, a fitness franchise concept equipment, uh, like boxing gloves or something like that. So mm-hmm. I think there's some real benefits in the purchasing power or the resources you can get from a franchisor. Yeah. Yeah. You have the vetted vendors and everything. And I, you know, one interesting thing we're starting to see a little bit of is uh, vertical integration, where some of the franchisors are actually kind of going upstream and they're buying like a supplier or they're buying a marketing company um, to kind of help more help and support their franchise owners and to make sure that they're never like run out of, you know, like, you know, how all you hear these days is like there's no chips or whatever for the uh, computers or I don't know what, but yeah. the... Um, so like the, uh, some of these brands are getting smart and they're like, okay, we're going to buy, you know, the whole comp whole company and then we're going to own it. Yeah. And, uh, and that way we can keep our, our franchise owners in product. So. Right. Well, and if you own, for example, a digital marketing company that can support your franchisees, well, then that digital marketing company isn't trying to make it a profit off the franchisees. So you know that they're getting a fair price. And number two is that you control the data. So it's actually brilliant. I think a little bit about one franchise concept that they use pickups, right? It's a service-based business. And they went out and bought 150 pickups to ensure that their franchisees would have those, those, uh, those vehicles. So. That's the benefit of, uh, you know, the franchise system or, or what have you, right? You have the buying power and there's people at corporate that are like looking ahead, you know, whether it's three, six, nine, 12, 18 months down the road. And, you know, of course they want their franchise owners to be successful and grow their business. So they're going to help support that. Yeah, absolutely. When you, you know, you got to, again, that purchasing power, but you also, you know, they, they are buying in bulk so that they, they have the opportunity to do that. What were, about, they, uh, were they Ford trucks, by the way, Pete? Or- I hope so. They better have been. They better have been. I don't, I, I don't know. I know Dodge does a lot of fleet stuff too, but I think they were uh, F-Series. So uh, I yeah. think they made the right choice for sure. I like the, um, I see a lot of those Ford Transit vans too being uh, kind of bought up and they put those like wraps, you know, the vinyl wrap with the yep. advertising on the side. Those are yeah, cool too. it's it's funny you say that. My my buddy is running the commercial group for for Ford, and now they're rolling out the uh, EV, the electric vehicles, and the commercial vehicles, like the the large transit vans. Yeah, they're, they're now you know that's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 for sure. Right, people so. people like to you know feel like they're um, reducing the carbon footprint of you know whatever 
probably mostly deliveries at this point. So I guess you, you would hope it eventually would reduce your cost too. So yeah. what about, you know, in terms of a franchise, there are some benefits if you're looking to fund the business, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, a franchise, maybe it's easier to get an SBA loan because it's, it's on the registry. They know the business. It's, you know, it's, it's not a Pete's plumbing. I'm just starting out. They actually know the business. And so I think there's an opportunity to maybe get a little better financing or the ability to get financing. But yeah. also I think some franchisers will also do like in-house financing or or funding, or they'll have a relationship with a third party uh, institution. Yeah. I'm a big fan of taking the path of least resistance. You know, like if you're going through the process and you, you have like a reputable franchisor and they are, you know, they have a lot of times they'll recommend or they'll kind of refer you to two or three lenders. But if those lenders are familiar with the brand, and, you know, it's just, you have a good credit score, you know, basically they know that the, you get the business plan is the same for all franchise owners and you're off to the races. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's a win-win right there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you, as you think about win-wins, uh, one of the things that I spent a lot of time looking to buy an existing business after, after I left the corporate world, I looked at franchise, I looked at existing businesses. And one of the things that at least occurred to me is that franchises generally may be easier to sell. What I mean by that is that somebody, if I'm buying a business from somebody and it's a franchise, I know that I'm going to get a good transition. Not only the seller, uh, hopefully I'm going to negotiate a good transition there, but, but the day that that owner walks out that uh, that's selling it uh, to me, uh, I'm kind of screwed if I don't have a franchise. Now, if I got a franchise, now I can go through all their training. I get all their support and stuff like that. So I would think, um, or my belief is there's more value with a franchise on the resale market. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. Um, I think, you know, my story of like how I had built three or four companies and sold them. And so then back in like 2010, I had this genius idea, like I'm going to be a business broker. And so, you know, over the course of the next two or three years, I looked under the hood of a lot of businesses, both mom and pop and franchises. And it was interesting because the mom and pops were always kind of like their PL was just up for grabs or balance sheet. A lot of times it was just a glorified job. You know, the owner was kind of the artisan. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know, you review all that stuff and you're like, I don't like, maybe you could give the business away because it's, there's no systems, there's no processes. You're, you know, you're basically uh, employee. Um, your books are not clean. And then it was just refreshing because then when you'd work with a franchisor, it's like, you know, typically they have a standardized chart of accounts Yep. Um, and they have, they're paying royalties, right? So they're not going to, you know, I don't know why they would lie on their top line revenue because yeah. <laughs> they'd yeah. have to pay five or 6% royalty on it. Right. Yeah. So it's just, it was a refreshing uh, difference and you had the systems and processes in place. So then you can be a little bit more, you know, typically a, a franchise has been around for, you know, 10 years is going to be pretty semi-absentee at that point, but. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's just some huge advantages. And and certainly as a seller, you're going to get a little bit of premium for that one would hope uh, because it's a franchise and you built it up. Yeah. So I think, you know, as as we talked today, there are so many different reasons to uh, essentially look to invest in a franchise business. And and we've just highlighted some of them. There's a whole bunch more. We probably don't have time because I got to get ready to go to Florida. So uh, (laughs) whatever. uh, I can't talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, one thing one thing we didn't talk about is just the, the fact of kind of thinking about retirement and all that. Right. So it's like um, another good reason to do it is kind of build an ATM machine to help help you have money coming in in your retirement 
um, so that you can afford to go travel yeah. more places. And, you know, you're not like spending your retirement money on your trips. You know, even if a, even if you had a nice little business that paid for all your trips, you know, you could take a super nice trip once a quarter when, when you're in your sixties and seventies and eighties, that would, that wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah. So you're not digging into your, your retirement assets. Right. No. So I, I like the idea that if you have something where you can kind of cover some of your expenses, your core expenses, that those travel uh, fun things, you know, yeah. that's just good. And most of the executives I work with, you know, they don't want to completely quit working. Right. They, right. They'll say, you know, I want to, I got a little gas in my tank. I don't need the pressure of the corporate world. I just want to have a little business <laughs> throws off some income for me, you know, exactly. it's a, it's, it's a your, great way to transition. Per- purpose and, and, and meaning and something to do too. So is that a hint that I should, as I go down to Florida, look for a retirement home? Is that, is that what you're suggesting <laughs> here? I just want to make sure you, you, I, I caught that. No, you should look for a, uh, a condo to buy and then maybe I could rent it a couple weeks out of the year. <laughs> <laughs> a true friend you are. Well, so, thanks. I appreciate all your input today. So all right. have, have, have a great, great day. Thanks. Right, bye. bye. Thanks for listening to the Hire Yourself podcast. For more resources, check out our website at hireyourself.com. And remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive each episode. Please leave us a rating and we'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions for topics.